Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. Well, today is a fir- my first message in a new series called Knowing the Holy Spirit. We talk a lot about spiritual gifts. We talk a lot about being filled with the Holy Spirit, which are both great things. But it's time to deepen our relationship with the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is who God sent to occupy our own spirit. Like he literally made his home on the inside of us in our spirit. So whether we know it or not, the Holy Spirit is right there with us in everything we do. Yikes. Everything we do, everywhere we go, the Holy Spirit's right there with us. He knows us inside and out, but do we know him? I love what Brian Dover told me this morning. He was telling me that he heard a message recently about how the Holy Spirit is always with you, so you might as well envision him as your sidekick everywhere you go that never leaves you. So when you watch that movie or do that thing, you really want the Holy Spirit to be involved with that? Because he's going to. (laughs) He never leaves you. That's good stuff. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he's one of three things to you. He's either a mysterious colleague, an inspiring celebrity, or an inseparable friend. And from my own assessment of the American church, I estimate that probably 80% of the church view the Holy Spirit as a mysterious colleague, 19% as an inspiring celebrity, and 1% as an inseparable friend. But here at No Limits, I estimate about 10% of you probably know the Holy Spirit as a uh, mysterious colleague. I'd say 80% of you know him as an inspiring celebrity. You love him and love what he does. And then 10% as an inseparable friend. And this isn't to put anybody down. It's just kind of like I'm looking out and I'm watching and hearing how you talk about the Holy Spirit. We just need to assess where we are so we can get where we need to go. So let me help you figure out where you are. Have you ever worked with somebody who's a bit on the strange side? Ever had a strange coworker? Like you had to associate with them occasionally, but when you didn't have to, you kept your distance. Maybe there's somebody like that here at church. Don't look at them. So when you understand that the Holy Spirit is part of Christianity, but you're weirded out by spiritual gifts like prophecy, healing, speaking in tongues, you probably view the Holy Spirit as a mysterious colleague. I know he's got to be here, but I'm going to keep my distance. Now think of your favorite actor or musician or well-known preacher or prophet. These are people you respect and admire, and although you would like to be their friend, you know that it's not ever going to happen. So when you get excited about others operating in spiritual gifts, and maybe you even operate in spiritual gifts yourself on a Sunday morning, but you don't experience the Holy Spirit in your daily life, the Holy Spirit is probably an inspiring celebrity to you. And finally, think about that person in your life you can count on. They're always there when you need them. They tell you the truth even when it hurts. You trust them with your deepest secrets. So if you go to the Holy Spirit when you're hurting, for direction when you need to make decisions, for comfort, if you accept his convictions and do your best to live a life that pleases him, you probably view him as an inseparable friend. So do an honest assessment. Who is the Holy Spirit to you? If you engage with this series, you're going to know the Holy Spirit as an inseparable friend. That is the outcome of this series. Your best friend, the one who's always there for you and he'll never move away. So how do you build a friendship? Spending time, lots of time, getting to know each other. 
So let's start this journey of getting to know the Holy Spirit through the scriptures. And when first getting to know somebody, what's one of the first things that we ask? What do you do for a living, right? Although that's really not the best question to ask somebody first. What we're really trying to figure out is what is their purpose in life? So a more appropriate question would be, what is your purpose in life? Like, why are you here? But that's a deep question. (laughs) So we hesitate to ask that one because it feels a little more invasive than what do you do for a living? Nevertheless, let's start by asking that question about the Holy Spirit. Hey, Holy Spirit, why are you here? What is your purpose in my life? What do you do for a living? Well, Ephesians has the answer. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In Christ, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. We just discovered the foundational purpose of the Holy Spirit. He is the seal of our salvation, and he is the down payment of our inheritance. So let's dig into these two things. In biblical times, a seal was a unique stamp that was used to make an impression in clay or wax, hence my background today. There's your visual. And it was usually attached to a possession or it was attached to a document to give it authenticity, ownership, or authority. So as a believer in Christ, you are now God's possession. And he has stamped you with the Holy Spirit to declare three things. One, your salvation is authentic and genuine. Number two, you are owned by God Almighty. And number three, you carry the authority of Jesus Christ. You've been stamped. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is the proof of your salvation. The moment you're saved through your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of your spirit. He makes your spirit his home. So before Christ, your spirit was ugly. It was ugly. And it was headed to hell. With Christ, the Holy Spirit moved in and he renovated everything with the finest eternal materials. Y'all, this is way better than Joanna Gaines could ever do. I mean, it's incredible. So that's why things change after you get saved. The sin that used not to bother you, now it grieves you deep inside. You become aware of your bad attitudes and you work to transform them into the fruit of the Spirit. All of a sudden, you're actually interested in developing love and joy and peace and patience is somehow appetizing at this point. I mean, (laughs) kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some experience immediate deliverance from the bad habits whenever they get saved, and that is incredible. I I celebrate with those people. Yeehaw. But most of us, most of us simply get annoyed with our ungodly behaviors and have to work out the process of getting them out of our lives. Can I get an amen? All right. So either way, though, the Holy Spirit is providing evidence of your salvation. You can't get away with things like you used to. Something inside of you is now calling you to pursue the ways of God. It's the Holy Spirit. So if there was no evidence of the Holy Spirit to prove your salvation, you probably didn't get saved. Instead, you settled for a counterfeit of asking for forgiveness, but not making Jesus Christ your Lord. Happens a lot in America. If you truly believe in Jesus Christ, you declare him as Lord of your life. That's why lordship is a required ingredient of salvation because it's, in, it's an inseparable response to your faith in Christ. I mean, think about it. 
Faith in Christ means that you believe God sent his one and only son to be sacrificed for your sins. And then he rose from the dead with your salvation in hand. You were on your way to hell with no way out until Jesus Christ. But now you can simply receive the gift of salvation by believing in Jesus. Do you really think that you can receive that amazing gift and then say, thanks, Jesus. Now you stay over there. Why do my own thing? No, you can't do that. I mean, if that's how you live your life, it's because you really don't believe in Jesus. That's a hard truth, isn't it? You think it's a good idea. That's good. It's a good idea. Jesus is a good idea, but you have yet to recognize how much you need him. (laughs) You're a wretched sinner headed to hell until you give your life to Jesus. There is no way out other than Jesus. If you don't give your life to Jesus, you will spend eternity suffering in hell. And hell is a place where you have no purpose. It's where nobody knows your name. It's where you're constantly thirsty, but there's no water to drink. It's where you're always tired, but you cannot go to sleep ever. And really, that's the thing that impacts me the most when I think about the suffering of hell. Because I've had five kids, my wife and I, five kids in six years. There's been a lot of sleepless nights over those six years as we're raising newborns. I can't imagine being as tired as I am with a newborn and not being able to go to sleep ever, ever. That is miserable. I also drink a lot of water, so (laughs) there's no water in hell. I ain't going there. I definitely die. And then you can't die, right? Because it's eternal. It's where you're separated from God forever. You're separated from his love. You're separated from his people. You're separated from his peace. And you're tormented by fear and darkness. You know, we never talk about hell, but this is what it is. And it's even worse than I just described. And even if you're better than most people around you, you look around and say, well, I'm pretty good. You're still a sinner. No one lives a perfect life, and God requires perfection. And that's why he made a way for perfection to be restored through Jesus Christ. Amen. So let me pause right here and ask, is there anybody whose faith has just been stirred up? Jesus is no longer just a good idea, but someone you actually want to follow. If that's you, decide right now to give your life to Christ. You make that decision in your heart. Decide right now. And if you're watching online, decide right now to give your life to Christ. And after you've made that decision in your heart, there's one more step you've got to take. You have to tell somebody about it. You have to tell them. So if that's you, you're in this room right now, I want you to stand up and tell us that you've made Jesus Christ your Lord. And if you're watching online, I want you to call a friend, call your mom, call whoever, and tell them that you've made Jesus Christ your Lord. The moment you're saved, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Amazing. The evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life is proof that your salvation is authentic and genuine. You're now owned by God Almighty. You are His, and He He identifies you as His own. That's amazing. You've been adopted into the family of God, and get this, it's what God wanted to do. He wanted to bring you into his family, and it brings him great pleasure that you've done it. On top of it all, you now carry the authority of Christ. He has delegated his authority on the earth to you. You don't have to put up with anything from the devil, so don't do it. Use your authority. So when the Bible says you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, here's what it means. Your salvation is authentic and genuine. Number two, you are owned by God Almighty. And number three, you carry the authority of Jesus Christ. 
So if you ask the Holy Spirit what he did for a living, I believe this is what he would say to you. I'm the original fixer-upper. I moved into your spirit and made it perfect. My immaculate home in your spirit is the proof of your salvation. God now sees you as his flawless possession. Beautiful. What a friend. (laughs) And not only does he seal your salvation, but he serves as the down payment of your inheritance. Let's take another look at Ephesians. So it said, the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. And when I first read this, it brought up a question. I'm like, well, what kind of inheritance are we talking about? And the best way to find out is to study each place that same word is used throughout the Bible. So I went through the New Testament, and I found each time the word inheritance was mentioned. And it didn't take long for it all to come into focus. And I'll take you to two places that make this scripture plain. And the first one is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and it says, All praise to God, the, glory, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. It's tying inheritance and salvation together right there, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So this scripture reveals that our inheritance is our salvation. More specifically, it is the fullness of our salvation. Our inheritance is heaven when we finally live in the fullness of the benefits of God and his blessings. It's when we're redeemed from earthly suffering. (laughs) Praise God for that. Our salvation has been purchased. It's been paid in full by the blood of Christ, but we will not experience the fullness of our salvation until we get to heaven. Until then, we have a down payment. The Holy Spirit as a portion of what's to come. The book of Hebrews confirms this in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. It says, Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. Y'all, he's coming again. But he's not dealing with our sins this time. He already did that. But he's bringing salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. So once again, we see here that our salvation is not revealed until the last day when Jesus Christ returns. It's not that our salvation isn't secure. We just won't experience the fullness of our salvation until heaven. So what kind of inheritance are we talking about? The fullness of our salvation. Let's go back to Ephesians as it all comes into focus. So the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance, of the fullness of our salvation. And I love this. Until the redemption of the possession. This means we already possess the inheritance. We're just waiting to redeem it. Let me help you understand. We took the youth to Dave and Buster's this past Wednesday. Beth and I did. It was a lot of fun, but I sure was overstimulated when it was all said and done. Woo! It's really noisy and like a lot of lights in there. It's crazy. But as you play games, you win tickets. And back in my day, you'd actually print out tickets for you, and you'd put them in your pocket or put them in a bucket. Anybody remember those days? Well, it doesn't work like that anymore. It loads it on into some credit card-looking thing. <clears throat> but when you're done playing games, you take a look at all the tickets you possess. And I like it better back in my day when you had a bucket full of tickets to look at. But the tickets are yours. They belong to you. But the only reason you're excited about the tickets is because you get to take the tickets and redeem them in the store. In this case, for stuff you don't need. (laughs) Nevertheless. 
So when you give your life to Jesus, you possess salvation. It belongs to you, just like those tickets. It's yours. But one day you're going to redeem those tickets and you're going to step into your eternal inheritance. That's exciting in itself. But get this, you already have been given a down payment of your inheritance. You don't have to wait until heaven to experience the benefits of your salvation. Amazing. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance. And a down payment is a portion of what's to come. Like when I put a down payment on my house, I'm giving them a portion of the full amount that I'm going to give them. We've already been given a portion of everything that we're going to have in heaven. But it can only be accessed through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is how we access the benefits of our salvation. We're talking about peace and healing and and wealth and closeness to God and joy and our purpose and love, all the goodness of God. If we don't know the Holy Spirit, our life will be void of the benefits of our salvation. Let me put it to you this way. To the measure we know the Holy Spirit is the measure that we live in the benefits of our salvation. Did you catch that? To the measure you know the Holy Spirit is the measure you will live in the benefits of your salvation. We have a great inheritance waiting for us in heaven. When we experience the fullness of our salvation, it's going to be beyond (laughs) what we could ever imagine. But until then, let's make the most of that down payment. Let's be intentional about accessing the benefits of our salvation through the Holy Spirit. That's why we're getting to know the Holy Spirit. So if you ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what do you do for a living? Here's what he would say. I am the original fixer-upper. I moved into your spirit and made it perfect. My immaculate home in your spirit is the proof of your salvation. God now sees you as his flawless possession. Now that that's done, I serve as the down payment of your inheritance. As you allow me, I'll show you what heaven is like. When the Lord led me to do this series, I didn't at first understand how this tied into the prophetic word that he gave me about this being the year of the manifest goodness of God. But now I know. Knowing the Holy Spirit is how we experience the manifest goodness of God. Because to the measure we know the Holy Spirit is the measure we access the benefits of our salvation. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.